everybody. I'm Lacey. I'm Drew. I'm Bailey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. So I guess we're we have to uh, start off today's episode by saying go Phils. Or go birds. And, and birds. Five and out. Yeah. Always the but, birds. Phils um, are in like a crucial moment right now. Yeah, they play tonight again. Yeah. Um did we wanna talk about a special guest that we have? Yeah, yeah we should mention that too. Is he really that special? Well, I feel like people might hear him talking and be really confused. It's a ghost. My name is Lewis. I'm oh. Drew's husband. I'm the special guest. There you go. That's He's all not, just, yeah, not just a guy who showed up during <laughs> special guest night. I should have screamed and been like, ah, who are you? He has a very soothing oh. voice on microphone. Thank you. You should read books. I've been told that before, actually. No, he you hasn't. He works for Audible. I the, have been told that. The people in his head have told him, Oh, you sound really good. The ghosts in my war told me that I should read to them. There you go. Okay, so there's some there's reason behind he, him being here today. Lacey, what is the topic today? The topic today is urban legends in England. Ooh. And Lewis, where are you hailing from? Uh, that'd be England. <laughs> You said it like you're answering in like a, a game show. What is England? What is England? <laughs> yeah. Do, should I elaborate? No. Okay. Uh. <laughs> he's he's from the motherland. I think that's Russia. No, that's Germany. Any land can have a motherland. You just have to be Eng- from England. Okay, can you keep like the mansplaining down? It's definitely not going to happen. I'm going to mansplain everything. <laughs> But with an accent. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, Obnoxious. when we hear my husband on the episode, he doesn't mansplain at all. Yeah, he just makes weird noises in the background. Well, he's he- more like eye candy. So does he even like really no. need to talk? He doesn't need to talk. It's true. He doesn't. So Lacey sent over this um, slideshow of what we're going to be talking about. I shouldn't say what. I shouldn't say what's on the screen right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but okay. Lacey kind of went a little crazy with her punctuation marks. Oh, dear God. But I'm just giving you like a little okay. overview. Is that you? Is that a picture of you? That is how I draw. Yeah. What slide number are you on? Um, Five. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I can picture Lewis standing in that way. That's yeah. how I stretch in the morning. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. You want to... Uh, oh, no mind. I was going to say something about the first picture, but I realized I'm not meant to talk about it. Yeah, wait until she talks about it, and then you can talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a question for you guys. All of us are ready. Do- oh, boy. Do you know the no, Muffin Man? No, no. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. <laughs> Who lives on Dreary Lane? Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cancel the whole thing. <laughs> then it's too late. We're in. They see the next line is, well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The and Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! Okay, now we're going to get sued. No, don't you, don't, you don't know where that's from. Huh? Yeah. That could be from anything. You're right. Nobody who's ever seen the first Shrek movie <laughs> is going to be like, oh. Well, now, now they are. I can't believe you said the name. God. 
so sued. the muffin man is the reason i'm doing an england urban legend because a little while ago my mother-in-law shout out paula <laughs> sent me paula. Um, uh, a video or an article or something that was like did you know that the story of the muffin man was actually based on a serial killer and I thought, that's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about that. In January 2021, a man named Jack Williamson shared a TikTok oh, video where he claimed funny. the Muffin Man song originated as a warning to children about a serial killer. Um, said that the Muffin Man was a pastry chef named Frederick Thomas Linwood who killed five children and seven rival pastry chefs. And the song was created to warn children away from the Muffin Man on Drury Lane. Bailey. They did that a lot with nursery rhymes. Yeah, there are some dark ones. Like, um... Ring Around the Rosie. Yeah, I think it was about the plague or something. Yes, Drew? Ring Around... First, Ring Around the Rosie. Yes. Um, But also, in Arrested Development, the Muffin Man is George Sr. Ooh. Lacey, you said he killed seven other competitors? Mm -hmm. Um... Fifteen, there I think it was five, fifteen children and seven rival pastry chefs is the claim. Lewis, it's can a you imagine horse. that if you were you were the Muffin Man and you start hearing the like these the songs stop becoming popular, like you just at work and I don't know how the song goes, but Do you know the Muffin, muffin Man, man the, muffin muffin the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? How is it warning kids? Well, look up the actual lyrics. The question is, is it actually a song about a serial killer that's warning kids? So, in in this guy's TikTok video, he does give some sources, and he's like, this is where I got this information from. Um, I headed over to Snopes, and according to Snopes, no legitimate sources exist that The Muffin Man was a song about a serial killer. Um, There is a post on a website called Uncyclopedia that I went and took a look at. Uncyclopedia is a parody version of Wikipedia. It's a lot of fun, actually. Oh, it's set up, it looks like you. Wikipedia. If you look at that picture you guys were looking at in the first slide, that is like a mugshot of Frederick Thomas Linwood, but this guy was alive in the 1500s, so they were it, taking pictures. My, my question is about the hat. Did, Did they have to leave it on? <laughs> the yeah, so. yeah, and underneath it says Frederick Thomason would photograph using witchcraft. Oh. Um, his crimes say murder and baking. Yeah. Baking. And as crime. you read through the Encyclopedia article, like it gets to the point where it's clearly goofy. So I am going to tell you about him according to Encyclopedia. Um, it claims that he was. Are we sorry? Are we going to then decide whether or not it's true, or we can? I have. Okay, great. <laughs> I could give you. Well, according to Encyclopedia, um, Frederick Thomas Linwood was the Muffin Man. He was also called the Drury Lane Dicer, born in 1563 and died in 1612. We have our mugshot that I showed you guys. This picture of a man born in 1563. The article claims that the Muffin Man would lure children to his home by tying a muffin to a string and pulling it so the kids would chase the muffin. That makes sense. That would work on me. Bailey, you need a minute? <laughs> that's, that's a cat toy. Like <laughs> Kids are cats. Okay. You know? Hey, um, I, have, I have three. That's not true. I have two. <laughs> and a husband. <laughs> 
Kids are cats. Kids are cats. Um, when the huh? children reached his home after following the muffin on a string, he would beat them to death with a wooden spoon. To to be fair, yes, I'm, I'm sure whatever time period this is in, the children are most likely starving. I mean, that's fair. Hungry kids yeah. will chase a muffin on a string. Don't bring logic into this, Lou. I mean, if if you can get it off the string quick enough, then you're probably okay. That's what they're thinking. It's it's all about it's natural selection. If you're fast enough, you get the muffin. Mm. If you're slow, no muffin, and you, you get, get to death the wooden you, get a, you, you get going, a creepy old man. You get more and more muffins, and eventually you get too fat. And then beaten to death with a spoon. Kind of a like if you're running kind of very fast after the muffins, you think that you're metabolizing the muffins, so you shouldn't get fat. Science, Lou. It's a good question. Um, that wasn't a question. How does it work in England? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> well, I think you have to take into account the calorie density of the muffin. Yeah. Mm. What's the calorie density of the muffins, Lacey? Well, it's in the 1600s, so they have, like, it's not as airy, I think. It's probably, like, it's very... Less, less air back then. Yeah. 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 Well, like, you know how, like, scones are, like, thicker? Dense. Yeah, they're yeah. more dense. Not a fan Lacey, Google the um, density of a muffin from the 1600s. Uh, also, just moving off of this, I Googled the lyrics to The Muffin Man, and it's not even, like, there's nothing like, stay away from yeah. The Muffin it's Man. Just it's just like, do just... you know him? Yes, I yeah. know him. We all know him. We all know him. We Maybe? all chase his muffins around. Or they just, the parents send their kids a song, like, did you like that song? Yeah, I really did. Well, if you go there, he'll kill you. So. <laughs> Sing the song. Don't go there. So the the children were beaten to death with wooden spoons. According to Encyclopedia, his seven rivals were killed different ways. So Chef Randall was drowned in brownie batter. You were gonna say Ramsey. (laughs) He was drowned in brownie batter. They could make brownies back then. Mm -hmm. Chef William was beaten with a chancla. A what? what? Chancla. You know, flip flop. Oh, oh! Obviously, yeah. we're supposed to know that. <laughs> Chef Carver, Japanese or something. Too much bam with a matchlock. Chef Are George you words? flattened with a pin. I forgot that this was from a fake website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I'm still fairly confident is where a lot of people got their information. Because after I did this, I was like, "Are people still talking about this?" And I hopped on TikTok. Wow. I hopped on TikTok and they sure are with confidence. So, um, Chef George was flattened with a pin. Chef David was cooked to a golden brown. Mm. Chef Aaron was shaked and baked. Chef Adam was killed with a Gomez Adams after tripping over a pestle. What's a Gomez Adams? You know, Gomez Adams. Isn't that a type of shoe? I mean, it's an Adams That's a wild guess, to be honest. Family dad. This is a lot of Googling I'm having to do for your episode. Gomez Let's Adams, see. she was on the, the Adams family. I will say that I saw um, a picture on uh, probably Instagram on the internet somewhere. Um, someone took a picture of a street sign that said Drury Lane. Drew- yeah, it's a real place. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, uh, according to this article, the Muffin Man died when he was eating dinner one night. And attempted to smash a cockroach, but it bit him and startled him, and he choked on a dumpling. So Wait, what? <laughs> he was eating dinner. You were following the story. Sorry, hold on, Lacey. <laughs> Bailey was following the story until perfectly then. <laughs> up until the choking on a dumpling, yeah. and then she was like, 
Hold on a second. So what? Sick. You don't even have to chew them. You can just swallow it. How could he choke? Yeah. Well, the cockroach startled him. Startled him when it bit him. Yeah. He choked on his dumpling. So I'm still stuck on how he killed the other seven bakers. Like, first of all, what town bake. has eight bakers? <laughs> Who needs that many bakers in a town? All of them in the West End of London. Well, you think any large city, there's there's a lot of bakeries, little mom pop shops. In the 1500s? 1800s. 1800s. Um, 1800s. The picture says. Well, oh, oh, you're right. You're right. So this guy. In 1563. This, like, the serial killer claim was this guy who was born in 1563. But I'm going to move on to my next bullet point. If we're looking for a little bit more of a truthful version of events, the nursery rhyme was first written down in 1820 and was indeed about a muffin man working in London's West End on Drury Lane. Not necessarily a specific muffin man. So in the West End, in the Victorian era, um, St. Jack the Ripper times, people usually worked six days a week, at least 12-hour days. Few of them had actual kitchens in their homes. So if they wanted to come home after their six days of 12 hours and cook a meal, they had to do it on an open fireplace, which was messy and would fill their homes with smoke. And a lot of them would just buy very, very cheap food from street sellers to avoid having to do this. And there would be a muffin man who would sell muffins and crumpets. Very cheap. People couldn't usually get healthy food. They relied on food like breads and muffins to fill them up because healthy food was so expensive. So they kind of filled up on bulk stuff like that. What's you a can get? Hmm? It's a, like a... Hold on. Lewis? Hold on. Yes. I forgot about crumpet. it. Yeah. I'm not a baker, but it's a very... Isn't it... Wait, what is it? I don't know. Isn't you... it like a... That's your home. I'm not a baker. Is it like, like a, a biscuit I think it's or something? Very... No, no, no. It's like an... I think it's, it's similar to an English Man, explain it. Just right? make it up. Could be. Sound I've had like the Americanized... Is he from English? version. English muffin. Just read this whole thing. Oh, wait, never mind. I remember. It's a crumpet... Oh, sorry. A small <laughs> griddle bread made from unsweetened batter of water or milk, flour, and yeast. Does not Here sound like he's reading. Is it popular in just the UK? <laughs> no, actually, it's popular also in uh, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia. Oh, and did it originate? Did <laughs> did it originate in the UK? Uh, well, yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, okay, great, cool. You I know, um, I do like the little holes in the top. Not to be confused with no. a trumpet. Which is no different. You don't need those. A brass instrument. Yes. <laughs> oh, he knows that one immediately without googling. Uh, you would get um, things like bread, muffins, fried fish, hot eels, pea soup, baked potatoes, meat pies, things like that from street sellers. Things that they could make cheap. You could buy cheap. And not eels have to cook that's a gross name for people. So, no. Um, a muffin man was a thing. A guy would be out there selling his muffins and bread and crumpets and stuff. Um, it is. Highly unlikely that the nursery rhyme was about an actual serial killer. But one guy made a TikTok about it, and now we all think that it was. So. I feel like if they were going to write a nursery rhyme about a serial killer, they would have done it about Jack the Ripper. I wonder if there are any. Um, when you guys have a free moment, when you have absolutely nothing else to do that could possibly be important to your life, go on encyclopedia.com. <laughs> and just Google or search something in there because the articles are fun. I'm not it's like reading something from The Onion, but it's a little bit more obvious that it's parody. Okay. So I almost wasn't going to put the Muffin Man up here once I started researching and realized it wasn't legit. But then I was like, that's the reason I want to do this one anyway. So I'll yeah, tell you guys. Yeah. 
going with the thought process that there's all these other nursery rhymes that are like related to historic like dark history thing like it would make sense right and i think that's part of why we were all so willing to believe it when we heard it because like there are so many nursery rhymes yeah. and stories and stuff for kids that were had scary origins I'm currently looking up a list of some I'm going to tell you guys next about a creature that appeared in Harry Potter. Can I guess? Yes. Um, Gryffindor. Quidditch. Hedwig. Good guesses. Luna so Lovegood. They weren't Hercules? creatures. <laughs> um, uh, Luna's a girl. Slytherin. Mudblood. Spiders. Dog. Um. Ooh, We're gonna talk a, about the dog. A rat. Owl. What if I tell you? A basilisk. Mm. Good guesses, but uh, wait, no. Wait, wait, I have one more. Voldemort. Grindelow. The Grindelow. What an excellent guess. What? The is that? It's on. It's on slide two. So smart. Look how cute they look. Oh, are those the things in the um? What, the fourth movie that are like underwater in the like, lake yes they uh, grab you by the ankles and pull you down gross. so um the grindelow is a creature in yorkshire and lancashire counties the name may actually be connected to grendel and beowulf although grendel was just this monstrous creature not like an underwater creature so i don't know why but maybe they are described as water spirits or water demons they have scaly skin a greenish complexion sharp claws sharp teeth long um skinny arms with long fingers and claws at the end of them um some versions say they have like the one picture i put up it has tentacles like an octopus and the other one has legs i read both so i kind of like that i had a picture for both um they were also referred to a couple times as gremlins of the sea occasionally they have horns but you know spooky little bastards they lie in wait in ponds and marshes, waiting for children to walk by or maybe even, you know, put a toe or two into the water. And then they grab them with a shockingly strong grip, drag them below, and drown them. Just a toe. Just a toe or two. The kids there are, are stories warm. of Test children being taken hostage in an underwater village, but usually they just drown them. I was going to say, what are they going to send? Like a ransom note up to their... Like yeah. Their- I don't know why you'd keep them. Um, why would they? What would they want? Money? What? Yeah. You know, what do what do Grindelows need? They need children. Coins. Gold coins, probably. Like so that's, you know, what the ransom was. It is believed that this actually started as a story that parents came up with to keep their kids away from water. Sounds that, crazy. Um, that sounds like... Uh... Isn't it fun the way we, instead what of saying, it? don't go near the water, you could drown, we say there's a f- creature in there. Well, because well, if you say you could drown, that's scary. It's true. Well, it's like yeah, the guy I covered uh, in the Black Forest. Like, don't go in the forest at dark or he'll get you. Yeah, there's all this stuff. Or t- don't not listen to your parents and he'll come at your window. Yeah. Um, I recently uh, did uh, extensive research on Wendigos and the Native Native American communities that believed in Wendigos used to warn this people in their community about them as a way to like keep them from 
venturing off into the woods. Mm-hmm. Or, like, breaking taboos. But didn't they get, have a lot to do with cannibalism? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things is, like, don't eat that guy or you'll turn into one. But also, don't go into the woods because then one will get you. Don't wander into the woods or eat your friends. Those are the two takeaways. Those are really That's... good lessons. I feel like we're not scaring our children enough with, like, lessons. We're, like, being I... too nice. Mm-hmm. Let's scare the shit out of our kids We again. should, as a group, come up with a good new one. And each individually tell it to our kids. Um, and then they can spread it to the next generations. We can start the next urban legend. I feel like I it should a, be something about the internet. I have an idea instead that yes. we'll tell the... So I would tell, if once Lacey has kids, her kids something scary. So that she can bring it up to you and I won't let you know that I did that. Ah, one day my kids will be like... This Why did you never tell me about the reindeer that lives in my closet and eats children? And I'll be like, you've been talking to Lewis, haven't you? That's a... Don't tell him that. That's weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Why a reindeer? <laughs> it's the only thing that popped into my brain. And I'm really in the closet that eats you. You would hear it. But that's... Yeah, and then what's the, like... Don't go in your closet at I night? What's the... Don't leave your bed at night. Tie it into Santa. (laughs) It's the spooky reindeer that eats kids if you're bad. And and then tell Santa. Krampus, but in reindeer. Lacey, I give you permission to try and tell my kids something like this because I I feel like it's going to be horrible and I will definitely know that it won't work. I'm so excited to come up with one for your kids. I, I like, I support Bailey's idea about something about the internet. Yes. Keep them Internet, off social, media. social media specifically, I would support a, a horror well, story about that's that. That's like the new ones. Yeah. Try Got out some the time oldest. to flesh out a really good story and then try it out on the oldest of the children and see how that flies and then tweak it for the rest. Because yeah. she is, spends most of her time on the internet. So it really that's would why we have time. time. We've got time before <laughs> she starts, you know. Cool. You want to hear about the next? The next no. one? I didn't yeah, have a whole lot about Grindelwald. I mean... The next one also was mentioned in Harry Potter, although by a different name. A werewolf. Not quite. Um, what's the What's the dog that lives in the basement with the three heads? Oh, oh, oh Fluffy. Yeah, it's not that though. Um, um, this in Harry Potter, it was the Grim. Which ended up actually just being serious black in dog form. Mm. Um, but when they Harry told Ron about it the first time, Ron freaked out and was like, that's the Grim. If you see the Grim, that means you're going to die. And there is an urban legend in England called the Black Shook, which is a huge dog with <laughs> red, fiery eyes. And if you see the dog, supposedly you're going to die within the year. Is it a friendly dog? <clears throat> I wouldn't say so. It is well, an omen you know? of you death. I was going to so. say, it sounds like he's an omen of death. So. Yeah. There is so, a, a song called Black Shock by The Darkness. It's a band. That's fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the name <laughs> Shook comes from the old English word skooka. I don't know that I'm saying that correctly, but it means devil or fiend. Thank you. So the Black Shook roams the coastline and the countryside of East Anglia, which is an area in the east of England, includes Suffolk, Norfolk, and Cambridgeshire counties. You the want most to say that? famous, sure. 
You got it. That's fine. Thank you. The most famous account of the Black Shook happened on... A British person. That's not even going to say the British words in a <laughs> nice I'm accent. such a good job with the it's British words. I'm so horribly. I don't even know what she's saying. <laughs> you can't even correct me. In 1577 is the most famous account of the Black Shook. This took place on August 4th. That's my birthday. Um, a terrible storm took place in two towns in Suffolk. Bungie and Blythborough. Okay. What? That's correct. I looked up the pronunciation and then I wrote it out phonetically on my thing. Bungie and Blythborough in Suffolk, two neighboring towns. So there was a huge storm going on and locals in Blythborough sheltered in Holy Trinity Church and they were in there praying, waiting for the storm to be over. But a massive thunderclap sounded. The doors burst open. Excuse me. And a huge black dog with flaming red eyes was standing in the doorway. He ran down the aisle past the congregation, killing two people along the way and caused the steeple to collapse through the roof before turning around and running back out the main door. As he ran out, he left scorch marks on the door that can still be seen. So on the next slide, I put a picture of the door with the scorch marks. Locals call them the devil's fingerprints. The same thing happened very shortly afterwards in Bungie, which was a neighboring town in a church where the locals had gathered for shelter. There is a written account from the time period that somebody published in, not like a newspaper because it wasn't a newspaper then, but like a pamphlet that was distributed to people. And the written account said, this black dog or the devil in such a likeness running all along down the body of the church with great swiftness and incredible haste among the people Invisible form and shape passed between two persons as they were kneeling upon their knees and occupied in prayer, wrung the necks of them both at one instant clean backward, insomuch that even at a moment where they kneeled, they strangely died. And that was a written account that was published a couple days after it happened. How how did a dog wring necks? It's the devil. It's the, the poor. <laughs> it's the devil dog. I like Lewis acting it out. You said kneeling on their knees? They were on their knees praying, praying, and as the dog ran between them, it basically snapped their necks backwards. Okay. Yeah. So, do you Dust think that, of that wind. there's any correlation between the Black Shuck and the Hound of Baskerville that is uh, mentioned in Sherlock Holmes? Sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Could be. Um, so the people who were there who witnessed this attributed it to the devil. Sure. And he also made the ceiling come in? The steeple crashed through the roof of the church. Because of him or the storm? He's a devil dog. I do think it's interesting that they say you can still see the scorch marks on the door, but there's no mention of like, and here's the hole in the roof where the steeple fell through. <laughs> well, they fixed that, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, locals call those scorch marks the devil's fingerprints. Sounds like someone just got too close to like a candle or something. No, it was a devil dog. Okay. If you see the black shuck, you will die within the year. So if you are out alone in East Anglia and you hear him howling, even if you think maybe it's just the wind, you need to close your eyes so you don't risk seeing the black shuck. Um, there's actually also a mention of the black shuck in a journal called Notes and Queries in 1850, so more recent, by a Reverend E.S. Taylor. Bailey? No, it's not important. 
Okay. He said, <laughs> quote, this phantom I have heard many persons in East Norfolk and even Cambridgeshire describe as having seen as a black shaggy dog with fiery eyes and of immense size and who visits churchyards at midnight. So the devil dog primarily hangs out at churches? Spooky. What's a good place? Good- no, so it you know. sounds like just don't go to church. That's what you're telling That's probably me. how they're trying That's to get people the devil to working on you. Look out for the devil dog. Yeah. There's a town in Cambridgeshire called Littleport. They have actually two different versions of the Black Shook. One says that this dog haunts the area after being killed while rescuing a girl from a lustful friar. So the friar killed this dog who was trying to rescue her, and now he haunts the area. Um, and the other one says that this dog haunts the area after its owner drowned in a nearby river. So, you know. Both are sad. A lustful friar? Yeah, so, yeah, it sounds so like a friar who was trying to rape some girl. Yeah. And the dog rescued the girl or was trying to rescue her, but the friar killed the dog. And now the dog haunts the area. I think that would explain why it haunts churchyards. But, like, shouldn't he be friendly? Oh, my dryer, it was so long. <laughs> I don't explain why he haunts churchyards. He's looking for friars and, and reverends and stuff. Shouldn't he be more, like, friendly to, like, common people no he's a devil dog now he's vengeful angry i would be you know cool so those are the only two that i um have that were also mentioned in harry potter because i thought that that was cool i'm so glad we're moving away from harry potter um he sounds more to me like a hellhound does sound like a hellhound we could call him the hellhound you want to call him the hellhound okay sounds like a wolf how about black shook hmm you keep saying black shook, but mm-hmm. you shuck. you spell it like shuck. It's shuck. Well, black shuck. Black shuck. Black shuck. Like you shuck. That sounds cool. the same to me. Or duck. Say duck. duck. Shuck. Black duck. Or chuck. Now say black shuck. Black shuck. Was it different that time? Yeah, you keep saying oh, black cool. shuck. Yeah. Cool. On to the like, next one. Bro. I just... I just switched two of my slides because I had them in the wrong order. But this next one, it's spelled Spriggan. Okay, maybe Luz can help here. It's spelled like Spriggan. I also read it's pronounced Spriggan. And I didn't know if it was like a di- like a regional thing or if one of those was lying to me. I would think that would be Spriggan. Okay, I'm going with that. And if I'm wrong, it's Lewis's fault, not mine. The and Spriggan, he's from the area, so. Exactly. I'm going to trust him. Because the internet was very confusing to me. He's from the Cornwall region in England. <clears throat> depicted in folklore oh. as an ugly, decrepit old man with a large head. Spriggan can be found at old ruins, carns, and barrows, or barrows, which are basically burial mounds. I don't like this drawing of him with the rabbit. Isn't it spooky? Look at his nipple. Yeah, what the is that what that is? <laughs> Well, I hadn't until you said that. What? Is I didn't even notice it before. Why is it so droopy? Oh, it might be pierced. It could be mm-hmm. that. Oh. I thought it was a good spooky picture. I didn't even see his nipple. Why is his <laughs> nipple so, like, medial on his body, though? People's nipples can be anywhere. Let's look in the center. It's all on his Maybe he's old. So your nipple is more inward? the angle of the drawing. I think the angle. Mm. Anyway. They guard treasure. They are very small. Yes. 
They are very small, but are considered by many to be the ghosts of giants and actually have the strength of giants. Some even consider them to be fairy bodyguards, so protecting other fairies in the area. Do you like how Bailey and I both, like, went... Did the dog head tilt? Yeah. Yeah. Some sources say they will only attack humans who have wronged them or wronged other fairies. Others say they will attack on sight if you are getting too close to what they're guarding, even if you don't intend to take anything they're guarding. They are nasty, and they love to play pranks on people, some of which are very dark pranks. So they will do things like raise whirlwinds to scare off travelers, send storms that ruin your crops. They will steal babies and leave a changeling in the baby. That is so funny. What What a a prank, right? What's a changeling? Um, changelings are like infants they look like humans but they're not humans so like you might think it's your baby but it's not and it'll grow into something else it like feeds off the mom yeah they're super fun um if you live in the area if a house is robbed or a building collapses cattle are stolen kids are kidnapped they blame the spriggan how often do kids get kidnapped it happens they're old they've been there a long time Um, They might lead lost travelers into swamps or over cliffs. If you are traveling through an area and you are worried about encountering Spriggan, if you turn your clothes inside out, that is supposed to work like holy water or iron when it comes to fairies, wearing your clothes inside out. So you should be able to pass safely through if you turn your clothes inside out. Do we know why? Um, No. Okay. And we're not allowed to. Uh, They have made their way into popular culture. Apparently they are characters in Dungeons and Dragons. And in the video game, The Elder Scrolls. I don't know anything about either of those. Yeah. But now you know that they have springs. Uh In the uh, slide, the one picture that looks like a statue, that's a statue. I think Is that it, one's cool because it looks it like it's leg? coming up out of the ground. Yeah, I think he's like emerging out mm. of nature at you. Horrifying. Yeah. It sounds like his his pranks remind me of Winston from New Girl. <laughs> either real nothing or letting a badger into the wedding ducks. Yeah. wasn't, it, wasn't like another one of his yeah. wasn't another one of his pranks he's like gonna beat someone with a shovel or something ski <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, he put a blueberry in Schmidt cereal Ooh. oh no didn't he want to like take the ash or like burn something of the like Nick took the heels out of one of Schmidt's shoes and Winston goes, let's burn them and then like spread them near his car. <laughs> and Nick's like, so you want us to like just kind of litter? <laughs> oh, I love New Girl. Uh, that statue there. Of oh, the sorry. Stand- Here's another good one. He registered yeah. Nick, Nick as a sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on a Opposite ends of a spectrum with his pranks. Like a spriggan. Um, That statue there was installed in 1993. It was made by Marilyn Collins. It's in Crouch End, London. It's It's older than Bailey. Hmm? It's older than Bailey. It is. Aw, she's a baby. So, that's it for the spriggan. So, the first couple I told you guys about, kind of clearly legends folklore the next one is a very well-known one but there is some debate about whether there was an actual person responsible for this legend and that would be spring-heeled jack is it jack the ripper no spring-heeled jack 
originally, Sprinkle Jack was accepted as just a story, a fun story that people told. But eventually, there were some sightings and some events that people have attributed to Springhill Jack. So backing up a little bit, in the early 19th century, there were stories of ghosts who haunted the streets of London and would attack you if you were walking alone. And it's believed that this was kind of like the precursor eventually evolved into Springhill Jack. One in particular, the Southampton ghost, reportedly attacked people in the night. It was reported as being over 10 feet tall and could supposedly jump over buildings, leading us a little bit into Springhill Jack. Bailey. It just sounds like there's a lot of things in England that just wants to attack people. There's so many, so many things. I, just, I like grabbed a handful, but there's so many things. I think part of that is that it's so old. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Spring Hill Jack is a fun one. So, in Drew, Lewis. I think Lou has something to say. Ooh. Oh. Uh, I was just thinking, there's a lot of... I don't know. Never mind. Good, good contribution. <laughs> Did in you October, get that? Yeah. There is a lot. The, Keep that yes. in. Yes. That is true. Oh. In October of 1837. I think she was going to sneeze. I was clearing my throat, but I muted because I know how Drew feels about that. It was a really weird visual to see, though. Do <laughs> <laughs> you again, possessed. The silent throat clearing. <laughs> it's one of the ghosts. Springhill Jack. In October 1837, a servant girl named Mary Stevens was walking to Lavender Hill, where she was employed as a servant girl. While walking through Clapham Common, a figure leaped out at her from an ally, from an alley, paralyzed her <laughs> by gripping her tightly, and then began to kiss her face, rip her clothes, and touch her skin. A rapist. She, yes, maybe Spring Hill Jack. She screamed, although frozen, she was able to scream, and he fled. And residents actually came out to help when they heard her scream, which I thought was interesting because we're in, like, a nicer area of London here versus the area where in, um like, Whitechapel where Jack the Ripper was when people were like, we didn't go out when somebody screamed murder because we hear it all the time. But she screamed and people came to help. And they searched the area for this man that she said attacked her, but they couldn't find anybody. She said, and there are like police reports for most of these. She said that his claws felt cold and clammy as those of a corpse. The next day, Springheel Jack jumped in front of a carriage, which caused it to crash, severely injuring the driver of the carriage. Several witnesses claimed that they saw him escape by leaping over a nine-foot wall while cackling. Hmm. Um, so was couple, he a ghost or a person? Great question. A couple more stories of Spring Hill Jack jumping in front of carriages and causing wrecks. And the press started writing about him and they dubbed the him Spring Hill Jack. So the press gave him his name. January 9th, 1848, the mayor of London, Sir John Cohen, revealed at a public session that he had actually received letters of complaints about wicked pranks that were happening throughout suburban London. And some of the complaints were saying, we think this is a person doing it, you need to do something. And some of them were saying, spring Jack is terrorizing us. He had kept it a secret for a little while after he got the letters, hoping something would happen, but it didn't. So he revealed this at the public session and was like, what have you guys heard? And a member of the audience confirmed 
that the servant girls in Kensington, Hammersmith, and Eating had been telling stories of a ghost or a devil that had been frightening them and actually causing some of them to have violent fits that were lasting for hours or days. The mayor believed that the stories had been exaggerated and it was just a guy playing pranks and that he would eventually be caught. Boys will be boys. Fits boys will like- be boys. February 19th, 1838, a woman named Jane Alsop said a man knocked on her father's door in the middle of the night claiming to be a police officer. Um, he said they had just caught Spring Hill Jack right here on her lane and asked her if he could bring them a light. So she went and got a candle and carried it outside, walked down to where he was. But when she handed him the candle, he threw off his cloak and had, according to her, a most hideous and frightful appearance. He was wearing a kind of helmet and a tight-fitting white costume, and he vomited blue and white flames. His eyes resembled red balls of fire. I thought you were going to say confetti. (laughs) Imagine. He began tearing at her clothes with his claws, which she said had some were made of some kind of metallic substance. She screamed, was able to break away from him and run toward her house, but he copped up to her on the steps and continued tearing at her clothes. Her sister heard her screams, came to her rescue, and he fled. It just sounds like a rapist. Yeah, just running yeah. around, just not being successful. No. Um, February... 28th, 1838. That's my mom's birthday. With Wolverine claws. Yes. And red eyes and spitting out flames. February 28th, 1838. So just just about 10 days later, uh, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were heading home after visiting their brother in Limehouse. As they passed through Green Dragon Alley, they saw a person up ahead standing in the shadows wearing a large cloak. As they reached as they became level with him he shot blue flame toward lucy's face it temporarily blinded her not lacy temporarily blinded her and she collapsed in a violent fit every when they say fits i'm assuming they mean seizures um her sister started screaming and he walked quickly away so he didn't attack any further than that now their brother heard the screaming they had only left his house a few minutes ago he heard them screaming, ran out, and up through Dragon Green Dragon Alley and found them. He found Lucy on the ground having a fit while his sister was holding her and trying to help her. The sister also, described... Yeah. Could also be like a panic attack. Yeah, that's true. I feel like anything... It was all fits. I mean, you, that you were having a violent fit. I'm imagining it's like the fits from like the Salem Witch Trials, but it's all like BS. Yeah. Um... People did come out to help, and they looked for this man, but they didn't find him. The sister described the attacker to police as being tall, thin, gentlemanly in appearance, and carrying a small lamp or lantern similar to what police carried. And she said that when Lucy started screaming, he just walked quickly away. He didn't attack any further. After all of these incidents happened, spring Jack became a popular character in fiction. They started writing about him in stories. He still shows up sometimes in literature. Um, in August, I put 1777 here, but that's going back. So I wonder if I meant 1877. A while ago, um, a sentry on duty in Aldershot Garrison saw a strange man walking toward him. He told the man to stop several times, but was ignored. The figure walked right up to him and slapped him in the face a couple times. A guard shot at the figure many times, but nothing happened. He either missed or this figure was just not bothered by the shots he bounded away into the darkness taking giant leaps i acted that out for you um, not really 
<laughs> my hand did. After the attack on Jane Alsop, which was the one who somebody came to her door claiming to be the police, a man named Thomas Milbank boasted that he was spring Jack. There are always people in these stories claiming to be them. So, And he was actually arrested and tried for it. However, he was released because Jane insisted her attacker had breathed fire, and Milbank said he couldn't do that. So he also, was not... How high can he jump? I don't know if they tested his jump. Who can jump high? Are you spring Jack? I could be. Found him. Yeah. <laughs> That's Spring Hill Jack. So I do have one other one to tell you guys about. It's not really sinister. But I was like, if I'm doing urban legends in sarcastic? England, I would feel silly if I didn't do Robin Hood. He's I've been what? to uh, Sh- Sherwood Forest. Yeah? It's a real place? Yeah. Oh. yeah. There, uh, there is a place that we would go on holiday at called center parks and it's like a family resort if you if anyone if anyone's ever in england i recommend you go and we're sponsored by them this week um yeah so i was like i started doing robin and stuff and then i was like oh i shouldn't because he's not sinister he's not spooky but then i thought whatever he he is according to what i read the most searched for british legend worldwide so not spooky but still fun to learn about are people searching for him or like the movie? The legend of Robin Hood. Mm. Yeah. So most of us know Robin Hood as an outlaw living in Sherwood Forest with his band of merry men who steal, steal from, from the rich, rich to give to the poor. the poor. Yes. It is said that Robin came home from the Crusades to find his land stolen by the Sheriff of Nottingham. And Notting- the Sheriff of Nottingham was his enemy. Um, the Sheriff had also placed unfair rules on Sherwood Forest, which restricted hunting rights of the commoners. So Robin makes it his duty to protect the poor in a fight against authority, which is usually the form of the Sheriff of Nottingham and Prince John, who had a terrible hold over the country while his brother, King Richard, is away during the Third Crusade. Yes. It sounds like Robin Hood Men in Tights is pretty historically accurate. I was just going to say that, and also I really like the Disney version with the foxes and the animals. Well, this, what I just gave you guys, is what we think of as modern Robin Hood. This is what's made its way into popular fiction today. Robin you Hood might be surprised. Fight. Robin Hood was not always presented this way. <gasps> Early Robin Hood was what Mel Brooks and said. violent. None of the early ballads about Robin Hood show him giving anything to the poor. There was no steal from the rich and give to the poor. One of them, called A Jest of Robin Hood, shows him making a loan to a knight, which he eventually doesn't require to be repaid. But his whole thing that we think of now wasn't really there in early Robin Hood. He became a popular folk figure in the late Middle Ages. The earliest known ballads are from the 15th century. The first written references to Robin Hood are from the 1300s. So in 1370, the phrase rhymes of Robin Hood are mentioned in a poem. Um, There's a proverb that starts being written down a couple years later that says many men speak of Robin Hood and never shot his bow. And then in this one publishing called Dives and Pauper, this person wrote, complained that people would rather listen to tales and songs of Robin Hood than attend mass. Interesting. 
Yeah. The earliest surviving ballad is called Robin Hood and the Monk. It was written in the 15th century and it is on display. And I forgot to write down where, but you can see it if you want to. It was written sometime after 1450. So the earliest surviving Robin Hood ballad, the story goes, he's on his way to a church service in Nottingham. He's going with little John, one of his merry men. And they have a disagreement and end up going their separate ways. They have an archery bet. And Robin actually loses and gets violent with little John when he loses and refuses to pay up for losing. When he gets to Nottingham, a monk who he had robbed previously sees him and tells the sheriff. The sheriff rounds up a bunch of men to arrest Robin and Robin fights him off with a sword, killing 12 of them. He then runs into the church when his sword breaks. There's a page missing from the ballad, but they believe that it details when he was captured. So word gets back to the merry men. That Robin Hood has been captured and little John takes charge and says they have to rescue Robin. So they catch the monk on his way to deliver letters to the king. The monk and the page are walking. They kill them both. <clears throat> and they take the letters and they go to the king pretending to be the monk and the page. They say... Thank you. They say that's... Um, Sorry. They say thank Brandon, you. Just, Brandon just brought me food. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hey. That was him. Um, the king tells them to get Robin Hood from the jail and bring him to them. So they go to the jail. How many dryers do you have? You have Why do you keep going off? You've been warning? ignoring it. So she's, that's in the warning. She's in the laundromat. <laughs> it's the warning buzzer. <clears throat> that's so annoying. It, the like, when the microwave goes off. It just keeps going. Yeah. And it's loud. So then they go back to the jail, to the sheriff, and say, hey, we need Robin to take him to the king. Uh, The monk didn't come because the king needed him to stay there. So the sheriff's like, okay, and lets them into the jail. They kill the jailer, get Robin Hood, and escape. The sheriff is afraid to go to the king and tell him what happened, but the king finds out. Um, and even though he's enraged, he is impressed with little John for being so loyal to Robin Hood and for tricking him. So everybody is allowed to live. So this original Ballad of Robin Hood is more of a thriller than like the comedic versions that we get later. There's no comedy in it. And we see that Robin Hood was more violent. Um, they're happy to kill whoever they need to kill. Over time, the Robin Hood stories don't have people killed as collateral damage anymore, like the page. But medieval audiences wouldn't have minded this, because crime and punishment was usually brutal and violent anyway. Around 1503, the version Robin Hood the Potter appears, which has more comedy involved, involves trickery and cunning rather than brute force. Um, So then the question is, was Robin Hood a real person? Yes. So there's a historian named Joseph Hunter who has found different Robin Hoods throughout the history of medieval England. In a 1226 court register from Yorkshire, there's a note of property seized from a fugitive named Robin Hood. 1261 mentions a man named William, son of Robert Lefevre, member of a band of outlaws. And the following year, they think this is a reference to the same person, mentions a man called William Robe Hood. It's a chew. Oh, that's Bust him. You. That's exactly what he looked like. Gazunet. Uh, in 1350-something, because I didn't write down the whole year, 
I wrote 135, and that was the wrong year. Northamptonshire, there was a record of a prisoner named Robin Hood awaiting trial. So most historians believe that there wasn't necessarily a single person who inspired the Robin Hood stories, but rather outlaws tended to give that name when they were arrested, which I think is fun. And that's a little bit about Robin Hood. That wasn't very sinister. No, I know. But he's there. That's a fox. You got a a text from Salon on Maine. Yeah, I have an appointment tomorrow. Cool. I have something to add about my childhood. Okay. (laughs) So, all all these stories, like, it seems like they they say scary things to to warn children about stuff. That's, That's basically what I'm getting from there. So, we were going on a, a school trip to a farm when I was little, and uh, she's not listening at all. Yeah, I know. I am listening. listening. The farm so, when he was little. Yeah, so we always went. We always went to farms because that's, that's all there that was there. But um, so they made us watch this this movie, and keep in mind I was probably about like eight, and in the movie I remember it was about these kids that were on that went to a farm, and then they all started like almost dying. Like there's one kid that I remember specifically that was got caught in like a grain silo and it was like filling up and they were like getting crushed. And the reason why all of this, all the bad things were happening in the movie was that there was a a gravestone that the person wasn't laid to rest properly. That so I don't know why they show us this and they're like, you know, you better behave. <laughs> So they're still doing it, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's still the same technique, it's just, you know. <laughs> they have video now. So then the question is, did you behave after watching that video? I was terrified, yeah. Okay, good. So it works. So scaring your children Scare into, submission into submission is the way to go. And, and you know, you don't see, like, psychological problems, like, as they Trouble grow up at all. Lewis is fine. He's great. <laughs> Definitely loves farms. Isn't traumatized by them. I've never seen him cry at a farm one time. So. Okay. <laughs> cool. So that's all the uh, that's all the England stuff I have for you guys. That's spooky. Like, what was your favorite? Oh, so many good ones. <laughs> so so many, I can't even remember the name. Of I like those the the one with the ghoul. No, I liked um, the springy, spring. spring heel, spring heel Jack. Yeah, he was I feel a rapist. Like... No, I feel not like... successful. I feel like all the other ones are like, I don't know, made Goofy. up bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like Spring Heel Jack probably. It sounds like the origin was an actual person fucking around. Mm-hmm. And then people were just like, and he jumped over an eight foot wall, and he had fire out of his mouth, and it was terrifying. I mean, yeah. so an eight foot wall, nine foot, nine foot. You someone could scramble up that, like a, a healthy adult can scramble up a nine. Yeah, foot so wall. like my sister yeah. climbed over the wall, and she was like, and he leaps. Yeah, you know, well, you're, you're scared, you're stressed out. My you fashion. Start... Cat. Hey, you brought your cat to the laundromat. Oh, yes, we hang. He is. Look, he thinks he's a dog. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I like Spring Hill Jack. I like as for like the the spooky stories. I like the Black Shook because I just think like a huge shaggy black dog with red fiery eyes is scary. 
I also like just Sounds like barely seeing Brandon over your shoulder. Oh, there he is. <laughs> I think I like the dog because I like dogs. Yeah, it was an, a devil dog. Yeah. As someone, as someone that works with dogs for a living, it's not the big ones that are the scariest, it's the small ones that are the assholes. As an owner of a small dog, said? I confirm that. Now what did they say? I said I could change him. Aw. Yeah, you could. Yeah, give it a shot. Like a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> a rom-com he just with needs love. That's right. Everybody, yeah. I could when, this, when the black shook ran through the church, everybody screamed and ran. And if they had just petted him, he wouldn't have snapped those people's necks. Or brought the steeple down. Yes. Or scorched the door on the way out. Yeah. I feel like the, the back to the, the steeple falling down, I could mm-hmm. see like a, a craftsman that just did a really poor job in a church that falls <laughs> down and just say, you know, one. there was a there was a, a black dog that just took the whole thing down. Well, it was. Yeah, I saw it, right? It was storming, and it was also what year? Like the 1500s or something? 1577. 1577. Yeah. <laughs> Construction wasn't great back then. But to no, be fair, I mean, there are some countries where you can still see shit standing from back then. Yeah, they like a better job than we do now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. I feel like the steeple came in and the guy who built it was in the church. He was like, you guys saw that dog, right? That was fucking wild. Yeah, I feel like the steeple fell down and fell on two people, breaking their necks. And then, like, lightning struck the door. And And he was was like... And they were like... dog walked by and everybody was like... They were like, we need to hold someone accountable for the the deaths of these people. And the guy who built it was like, I saw a dog. Did y'all see a dog? I saw a dog. It was also probably dark. Yeah, yeah. Candles were blown out as soon as the steeple fell. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Billy and the Bull. We were sarcastic. Do you think Billy and the Bull and uh, Springheel Jack chatted? Billy is in Dublin, so no. They're near each other. Why would they talk? Because Spring Hill Jack was like, sucks to be in a bowl. And Billy was like, I still get around. Yeah. Jumping bitch. I'm T-shirt. sure that, that that conversation definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. T-shirt idea. <laughs> sucks to be in a bowl. Cool. And we hope you keep listening. I was going to start the whole thing over again because something got derailed here. Should I say bye? Yeah, you can say goodbye. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. I thought Lewis was doing it. <laughs> no, oh. you're ending the episode and then he's going to chime in and say, Ooh. Oh, she's just in a very goodbye. British okay. way. Mm. And we hope you keep listening. Wait, is he going to say cheerio? No. Ooh. I'm going to murder you guys. Just forget it. Bye. <laughs> Ruin his day. <laughs>